Hey folks, in this interview, I'm sitting down with Tima Steg. She's the executive producer of Women in Media. This is Twitter. Hey, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, we're going to have a different conversation. I've been, and I told Tim of this when I we met up in Vegas for a little bit. Uh, I told her that on This Week in Photo, there has been a discernible lack of women and just a, a shining a light on what women are doing in media and photography and all that stuff. And not for lack of trying. It's just been, that's just the way the show has laid out. Uh, maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's not my fault, but I'm correcting it right now. And I'm going hard on this to have this deep conversation with Tima, who is, like I said, at that little tease there, she's the executive director of Women in Media. So I'm going to the source to get <laughs> the answers on that. So Tima, welcome to This Week in Photo. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, thank you so much for making the time to come on. This is going to be a good conversation. You and I were just joking back and forth before I hit the record button. And I feel like this is going to be one of those interviews, right? You know, you know, the ones yeah. that people are like, did they just say, did they just say what I think they said? Yeah, they said that. So, yeah. well, you know, I've been known for my subtlety. So it's good. good. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell by the hair color, right? <laughs> yeah, you get my natural red hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mine's red, too. I just cut it off. Yes, I know. can tell. <laughs> All right, let's start with introductions, right? You are executive producer, women in media. What else? What does that mean? What does that mean on a day-to-day, day-in-the-life type thing? So I'm an executive producer, that is true, but I'm also the executive director of Women in Media. I'm the founder. Uh, we're an organization for women and gender nonconforming people above and below the line. So for those who don't know what above the line is, that's uh, producers, directors, and writers. Below the line is the camera crew, the art department, um, you know, some uh, the whole gamut of people working below the line. Also, people in post production and um, and any other department. Everything in between. So pretty much everybody behind the scenes. We don't really represent actors. There's lots of organizations that do that, but that isn't us. Um, and our goal is to get forty to sixty percent women. Uh, in every crew, every department, every show in the entertainment industry. And we've done a pretty good job of making, you know, moving us in that direction. You know, mm -hmm. we're not the only organization working towards this end, but we were certainly the first to kind of wave our, our hands in the air and, you know, let it be known that there are a lot of women to hire, not just at low budget indie uh, level, but also very, very skilled and mid-career women who could be hired at the studio and uh, larger budget television and independent films level. You know, I want to I talk about that flow a little bit, but let's let's set the stage percentage wise. So if we're looking at, say I'm looking, I'm watching the latest Doctor Strange film, right? I'm in the theater, I sit all the way through, I watch the little post credit scene or whatever, but they have the credits, the credit roll, and all these names are flying up. I'm like, really, it took this many people to make this film? So yeah. all all those credits. So if you take out of that, like you said, the actors, because you're not really you know concerned with that at this point, right? So yeah. you take take the actors out of that, and it's just the behind the scenes people, quote, just the the people that make the thing work. A few hundred what, people. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that crawl that just goes on forever. What percentage of those people are female versus male? Well, is it I mean, 50? I didn't work on 20? that film, so I, I, I can't tell you personally. Sure. I'd have to I'd have to do the math. And I actually, I know people at Marvel. I mean, I could ask them. I could, yeah. I could find out those numbers possibly if they but were generally real. generally <laughs> speaking um, average, but, you know, you know. i think it's actually uh marvel's actually better than a lot of other companies they've done a really good job of trying to um to get to parity and i've spoken with folks there they're very very nice i've spoken to nate moore who's like the number two guy over there he's a very um very kind very sweet guy and like super brilliant like very very smart guy and they have um a lot of women actually working in non-traditional roles surprisingly you know so like black panther was uh dp'd by rachel morrison Mm -hmm. uh you know i i don't know who dp'd uh dr strange i haven't seen it yet and usually when i do watch I, i do i watch the scroll on the credits to see what the numbers look like how they shake out. And I have to say their numbers are looking better than a lot of other studios. I know Victoria Alonso, who does their post-production, their visual effects, um, has no problem finding women for their post-production. So um, I think they're one of the better companies, certainly. And and a lot of companies are working very hard to get to parity. We've been partnering with so many companies behind the scenes who have programs to filter more women, um, gender non-conforming people and people of color mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. their above and below the line um, career paths, you know, who are really doing a good job at that. Um, and it's happening rapidly. But I'm very me- happy to say it's really happening rapidly. This change in our industry, we've definitely been leading, um, you know, when it comes to better inclusion, without mm-hmm. a doubt, absolutely. And that 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 is where I want to get to. Part of where I want to get to in this discussion is why, and this is a lot of this is going to come from ignorance, right? Because I'm not in that industry, right? I'm not female, right? So I don't. So this is this is I come from a really good, unique position where I am kind of in media, so I understand the lingo. Uh, yeah, I'm a, definitely a consumer of that, you know, of media, but uh, I don't understand from. What I want to understand better and what I want our audience to understand better is where those roadblocks are, right? Huh. So when in the creative world, one would think, okay, if you have the chops or if it's a creative type thing, you know, you have the look or whatever, your book should speak for yourself. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have anything to do with gender or the amount of melanin in your skin or your sexual orientation. It should be about the work itself. Where do those barriers show up for people that are trying to get into the industry? So this is not just a film industry issue. This is a systemic problem in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. It's across industries. Um, I just happen to be involved in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So I mean, I, when I talk to friends in tech, it's the same nonsense. When I talk to people in any industry, all the women tell me it's the same garbage, yeah. different industry. <laughs> yeah. um, And the problem is, I mean, I can speak to the film industry in that um, women have always been making independent films. Like women have always been working in the the film industry. It's when you get to the bigger budgets, the bigger toys, it becomes um, a bit of a barrier because people don't want to trust women with those kind of budgets or in the past anyway, I think that's changed 
significantly over the last five to seven years. Um, but it can still be a little bit of a problem. Um, people don't necessarily, they're not necessarily used to seeing women in what would be considered a non-traditional role, even though it isn't necessarily um, something that would be male specific. I, mean, I don't know what would be male specific. I mean, nothing right. requires testosterone necessarily to do. It requires yeah. a lot of organizational thought. Um, and sometimes there is a lot of muscle involved, but I know a lot of women who are outrageously strong and far stronger than a lot of guys physically, um, amazingly. So sometimes it's like people saying kind of dumb things like, I've never seen a woman do that job before. Wow. You know, mm -hmm. or being the only mm -hmm. woman on location scout, which is what happened to me a lot. I would literally be the only woman in the van. And that began to drive me kind of nuts. Mm -hmm. Or we get paid less or we get second guessed. That happens too. Or we don't get the opportunities that men traditionally have gotten to make our films. Or the other thing was this whole director jail idea where if a woman made a film and it was a hit she might get a second chance maybe um at the at the studio level and if that second film didn't exceed expectations she would not get a second another chance to mm -hmm. make a feature film and she would then go to television which 20 30 years ago was considered director jail not even that long ago you know it's only yeah. like recently tv is the real place to be and honestly that's because women went to director jail tv at the time and changed the industry they brought their creativity they brought a different way to look at the world they um because tv at the time was lower budget and less prestigious women could um make some very exciting television yeah. which then changed the industry right so now that's the place to be and as a result now guys want to be there because now it's more prestigious. And that's why film is kind of falling away a little bit um, because men want to go where the money and the prestige is, understandably. But women set that groundwork because people didn't want to see the same old, same old, which is kind of what we've gotten in, in a film, right? We've kind of seen a lot of the same films over and over again. And when you have a dearth of inclusive voices, diverse voices, where you know everybody wants to see themselves on screen but more attractive and more heroic, right? We yes. all do. That's yes. just real. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? That's why you exactly. see this lady behind me, right? Um, yeah. uh, but we all want to see that. And when you only get this one point of view, um, it, it gets boring for everybody else. We've seen right. it. We've seen it over and over again. So right. once they The same hero's journey over and over again the same one yeah because it's it's like yeah. it got to the point and it still is for a lot of films where the first 10 minutes i can tell what's gonna happen he's no gonna it. kill her she's gonna fall in love with him and he's gonna have some challenge and overcome it and at the end he's gonna be a hero after he discovers himself right and we're Boom. all gonna clap and tell him that he's <laughs> the greatest thing since bread got sliced and it's yep. like you know the audience is told that we all need to fall in line with us and frankly we're all a little bit cynical and we're not that interested in more right. so when you get different views like i know when i saw black panther and like the warrior women of wakanda come out they're like on the i'm not i'm gonna spoil it for a minute that that part where she's on the car and she's like got her spirit and i was like screaming i was like <laughs> like like my you know luckily it was it was like a matinee i like to go and it's quiet i'm like yeah like 
freaking out, like so happy because I'm like, that's me. That's yeah. me. That's the me that's right. I'm meant to be, <laughs> you know, metaphorically. I don't know to, you know, high tech spear or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's coming. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm there with my family. My family's like, oh my God. <laughs> you yeah. know, but they're feeling it too, you know? Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, you know, we've had that moment where, you know, the the white, nothing wrong with the white guys, but the white guy like butt puffs up and, you know, he's about to go into sure. battle and very heroic. And, you know, we can all identify to some degree, be like, yay. But like the 500th time you've seen that, you're like, right. We've seen that story. He shows, shows some different stories. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to dive in to the, uh, the, the gender piece of it a little bit, um, from, from the standpoint of, of relatability, right? So I was having a conversation with a wedding photographer, a couple of, I've had many conversations with wedding photographers on the show, but this one, this conversation was about can women, photograph a wedding more or or better than a man could do it you know you know traditionally woman male whatever right so is it is it is it is is the fact that women are more aligned with brides and all the things and what a woman might want at a wedding and the whole thing's for her anyway you know that they can capture that event better than a man can do it. And I was speaking to a man at the time and and he, you know, 30, 40 year wedding veteran was like, I don't think so, except in the circumstances, if you have a bride that's nervous to have a male in the room during the time she's getting ready mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So I'm wondering how that translates over to like the film world and movie making and television, are there certain situations and plot lines where a woman's, in, not, I don't even want to say intuition, but a woman's life experience might be more appropriate to tell that story more effectively than a man and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So same, same for the men. Do you think yeah. that's a thing or is it just imagined and men can tell stories just as well as women, vice versa? I think it's a great question. Um, For one, I can tell you in the audio world, women would much prefer having a woman helping them get their lavalier mic on. Fact. So when you have actresses, you should really consider having women in your audio department. Absolutely. Um, And other departments where it's a little bit sensitive. So if you know that you're going to have a love scene, you really want to have some women on set. Um, I've been the only woman on set and I had to insert myself during a love scene with um, a young woman. She was like in her early 20s and she was literally in like flesh colored underpants and the little boopy pads that they put on your nipples. Um, and there were a bunch of these lascivious guys. I mean, they weren't, I mean, they were just kind of whatever, but they definitely were a little, a little creepy to be honest. And the, the director turns to the DP and he's like, oh, I remember, I remember back in the day when my love was hot. Like, I don't know, some awful, comment you know yeah. he was just not being circumspect yeah you know, yeah not reading not, the audience not a, not a, yeah not a great vibe on set terrible and if you yeah. want to really draw a good performance out of your actors i think you need to be sensitive about um about who's on set with you now in terms of who can tell what story women tell great stories about men and and machismo as much as men tell rom-coms i think mm-hmm. it's really an individual thing you know i think like paul feig makes hysterical films about women um you know like bridesmaids is hilarious um and really on the money but then you know i mean catherine bigelow has been making these very macho uh dude testosterone driven films for 
for decades. You know, mm-hmm. Near Dark is phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Not to mention uh, Zero Dark, Dark Thirty, and you know all the other films that she's made. Um, so I I don't know that it's necessarily gender specific, um, but I think it really has to do with the sensibility of the director. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, because like I say, I mean like. You know, George Cukor was making The Women back in the day. And then um, and then Clark Gable got him fired from Gone with the Wind because he considered him a woman's director. So what does that mean? (laughs) Air quotes, air quotes. Yeah, yeah. She stood up for the audio listeners. She put up air quotes around that. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. (laughs) Yes. So air quotes, um, you know, like there are guys who have been considered quote unquote, women direct, women's directors. So I've never heard a woman. What does be that mean? Is that like a, director, is that like right? a woman whisperer or something? Like, I guess like they have a sensitivity or sensibility. I don't know. I think it was probably considered like a, like a slam, you know, it was yeah. like, I don't oh, know. Like, okay. Okay. Kind of like trying to put them down. Like that's a bad thing. So you got to put mean, only in front of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I don't know. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, there were. I'm not saying Clark Gable wasn't completely misog wasn't at all misogynist. I mean, that's entirely. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Right that's a whole other story. Yeah, you know, that's a, yeah another podcast. We'll do the history I'm, of misogyny. Different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a film that needs to get made. You know, yeah. uh, Ava DuVernay make that film. Um, but what about what about the the so that's gender, right? What about if we flip the page to race and storytelling? Yeah from a from a racial or cultural perspective for example you know i've seen lately i've been seeing a lot of really amazing films and series streaming series that that are focused on the you know a real look at asian culture like Mm -hmm. pachinko is one of them um tokyo vice is one of them, you know, it's just these, you know, crazy rich Asians, Asians, you know, these, these kinds of shows that aren't using these old, these old tired stereotypical tropes about Asians, for example, in that case, you know, African-Americans, black people too, we see these all over the place, these new films that are coming up that actually show the real deal versus the stereotype from whatever culture's perspective. Through that lens though, you know, the question goes back to that whole gender thing. Can a, you know, race A make an effective film highlighting the struggles and the nuances of race B? Or do you need race B to tell race B's story? So so I'm of the mind that there should be many people telling these stories, Mm -hmm. right? So we get different perspectives and different points of view. Um, I think... Does there need to be a level of sensitivity? I think if you want to make a good movie, yes. <laughs> I think you need yeah. to certainly have people on board who are going to keep you on the straight and narrow. I mean, and it really depends on the kind of movie you want to make, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I think that just be, I mean, just because we didn't live in the 1800s doesn't mean that we aren't able to put ourselves into that kind of um, mindset to be able to, to, to do a good job with yeah. a different culture, a different time, a different era. I don't think that's impossible. That being said, I would love to get um, the perspectives from people of color on white 
America. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, why like how not? do you see it? How do you see it? Because yeah. you would never like on a day to day basis, you wouldn't necessarily see it through my eyes. Right. Or me through yeah. your eyes. Like, how totally. how can I see that through your life? You know, in, in your eyes. All of it. What I'm saying is there's room for all of it. You know, so yeah. I think we come from this this um, this idea of there can be only one sometimes mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, only one is going to make it through the gate. So we can we have to really focus on making sure that that one is going to be accurate and and well done. And I think we're living in a world now where clearly it there's room for a lot more. So it's like when um, when Tom Donahue did the documentary "This Changes Everything," which is about women directors, and everybody got up in arms. They were so angry because Gina Davis was uh, executive producing it, and they were like, "Why is she doing this?" You know, and then having her film directed by a man. And I actually reached out to Tom because I knew there were a bunch of other, there were a bunch of women who are tackling the same topic about um women directors so it's like okay so you know we can't do anything about your gender and clearly this could come from 50 50 i want to see 50 of these films right there could be 50 different opinions about um women directors mm-hmm. and you know and i i actually went to him and i i didn't know him at the time i reached out and i'm of the opinion that we shouldn't necessarily shame people unless they're really worth shaming some people are like <laughs> they really deserve it like harvey weinstein shamed yeah. for life but you know like tom means well so i reached out to him we took it offline and i said hey you know we can't do anything about your gender but what do you think about hiring women in your crew who's your dp and he said oh well this guy stefan is my dp i said well you know, what if Stefan gets another gig? Are you adverse to hiring women in your crew? And he was like, that's a great idea. Yeah. I just don't know that many. And that was partly why I had to really move forward, full-throated forward on women in media because I realized there was a real hunger to hire more women in the crew. So I was like, I had to hook I had to hook my friend Tom up now, <laughs> you know, it's like I was That's the one great. pushing him for more women. And I had to help him find some women in the crew, which is where women in media really um, got pushed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think because he had the topic and he had a really good perspective and he has a really good team, um, he was able to broaden his team. And yet he, he landed with 70 percent women in his crew, which he was very proud of. Wow. And he was like, I was so mad. I wanted to be 90. But some of these ladies have male hairdressers, some of the actors. And I was like, oh, what can I do? You're still an overachiever. So good job. Well, that's good. <laughs> You're moving the needle, though. That's that's important. The whole the whole just shining a light and then then seeing the change happen. You know, the yeah. other the other piece of that is and, you know, we could talk for hours on this stuff because I, I have so many questions um, because the one of the questions is I think this came up in. God, there was this uh, this movie. You may remember it was a it was a series. I don't know if it was Netflix or HBO Max, but it was one of them, and it had Renee Zellweger in it in a fat suit playing this. Oh. You know, did you see that film? Well, she's playing this w- woman who did all these you know these kind of. She's like a housewife type, but was you committing these crimes and. Diary, Bridget Jones no, Diary. Maybe no. The audience will will correct me in the comments, but the the controversy was around her putting on the fat suit. And and how it was, you know, insulting to people over a certain weight or whatever, which I thought was, you know, ridiculous because the person that she was playing, she was basically mimicking that person and putting her acting chops into the suit. But it got me thinking, especially in, in advance in preparation for this interview, like that that mindset of, hey, 
you know, get a real heavyweight person to play that role. We see the same thing. That was a whole argument around uh, whitewashing Hollywood where, you remember yeah. David Carradine yes. in, in Kung, Kung Fu? Fu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The white guy playing the karate expert somehow. Right. right? We see that a the lot. Zen master. The yes. Zen master. Yeah. We see that a lot. We even saw that in, uh, in the first Doctor Strange with, uh, I forget what the woman was. Her, the, oh, yes. Who played the... Yes, the the she played the, the the you know the master of the whole thing, but you know I'm wondering fast forward to today, what does that look like from an inclusionary standpoint? You know, because you have to overlay inclusion mm -hmm. with 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 sensitivities, right? Yeah. So so for example, if you're going to create a film that's that's somehow related to transgender, do you? In and you know you could get an A-list actor. It's a big budget film. You could get an A-list actor to play the lead in there, which is going to generate a certain amount of ticket sales and you know success of the film. Or you could get a real a talented you know actor who has chops to play that role who happens to be transgender. Which is the right move for that? Do you go for the the talented Tom Cruise type? you know who you know is going to bring it in or do you gamble on somebody who is more genuine to the role still can play it as well as tom cruise but you know i don't know like how do you think about that well first of all i'd love to see tom cruise uh you know <laughs> in, in makeup and heels i'm all for it i have no problem I would love there's to gotta see be that. a tape there's a tape somewhere i'm sure <laughs> oh, please send it my way i will be highly interested um but that being said i think um, the issue is part of the issue is that there are so many people who deserve their shot, right? Uh, who mm -hmm. are um, differently abled, transgender, <laughs> you know, all, so many things, right? Yeah. Um, and why not give them their shot and make them a star? Why not? Mm -hmm. Why does it just have to be the same few stars? Well, you know? Channeling, I mean, channeling, so channeling Jerry Bruckheimer, right? I would say, well, money, right? That's yeah, that's a three million dollar film with an unknown, you know, lead talent, He's or a thirty million, you know, whatever, you know. That's not a Jerry Bruckheimer film. He's gonna make something where things get blown up and stuff, right? Like that's not his wheelhouse. It's really not. Although, you know, if Jerry wants to like take a take a dive into something different i'm here to help you know yeah. what i mean well jerry can make the, the first the first you know or the first that we know of transgender film action film you know with a lead transgender person in in blowing up stuff right we haven't seen that yet so in that in that example you know does jerry hire Vin Diesel or Tom Cruise or somebody like that to play the role of this person? Or I mean, do they hire John Doe or Jane <laughs> I Doe? Read, I have to read the script. I don't know. I would really have to check out the script. You know, I'm, I mean, I can help him with his casting decisions if he really needs help with... Uh, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think every script is completely different and it's yeah. hard to make a blanket... You know, it's like when people will ask, I would have people ask me when I was a production designer, they would say, oh, I want to build a spaceship. How much is it going to cost me? I'd be like, <laughs> well, I need to read your script number one and then I'd have to freaking design your spaceship. Right. And where are you trying you to go? Gonna, yeah. What's I'd your budget? Yeah. yeah like I'd, I'd have to be like knee deep into the job, not completely designed clearly, but I'd have to like know some details. Like how much of this are we going to see? Like there's so many 
variables with making a movie and making it well that it's really hard to make blanket statements. It's like I, I tell people, making a film is like dating. It's the same but different every time. Mm. Now, if you're doing a film that that is about somebody who has lived experience, who is a transgender person, I think... Um, you know, clearly whoever's cast would need to make their own decision about that. But I think um, for the authenticity, if that's the kind of film, if you're making a serious, authentic film about somebody who's transgender, um, there is no reason not to do a search for the next hot transgender actor or actress. Right. That being said, there's no reason why transgender people can't play cis people. I mean, why not? Right. right. It should just right? be whoever, like we were saying before, whoever has the chops for the for the gig, yeah. regardless of what's going on downstairs. That's you know, what it, I, I say go for the talent. Find the yeah. talent, right? Yeah. Find the people who are really, really talented, who are going to fulfill the needs of your film. And if you are if you have a, a cis straight woman and you need to fulfill that role, you may find a gorgeous transgender woman who is going to be perfect. So, yeah. you know, I mean, just, just go for the talent, really. I love it. I love it. Well, speaking of going for the talent, is a perfect segue. Thank you. We did not plan this. But tell me about women in media and why you built the site, what it's all about. I'm going to bring up the site here for the folks that are watching while you describe it. So tell me, tell me what's going on here with women in media. And that's women in the letter in media.com. Right. Exactly. Well, it's womennmedia.com if yep. you're going to the site. But the organization is Women in Media. So you're absolutely right. So we're an organization, um, like I was saying, for women in the entertainment industry. Um, we have events, as you can see. We have events and initiatives all designed to help women and gender nonconforming folks um, build their um, their career trajectory. Right. So we have the Parity and Action Pledge, which is all about people hiring equitably, um, which is free to sign, of course. And you can get the Parity and Action Badge, which says that you've hired between 40 and 60 percent women and gender nonconforming folks. We have a, um, a form that is easy to fill out, an Excel form that will calculate everything for you nice and easy. It's actually a really great tool if you're in process of hiring and you want to make sure that you're hiring equitably, you can definitely use our form to kind of get an idea of where your numbers are landing. Um, so that's really helpful. You can find all of that on our website. We have events all the time. We have all kinds of initiatives. We were just at NAB, and now we're on our way to Cinegear, which is going to be pretty big. We're going to have a booth with a lounge. We're going to have a whole bunch of panels all day, every day at the booth. And we're also going to have a booth tour, so you can come along, join us. We're going to go to a few favorite vendors. We're going to have concerted FaceTime where we get to talk to the vendors and they get to talk to us and we get to play with the gear. It's so much fun. And then we're going to have a main stage um, uh, conversation as well. We'll do a panel there. And we're going to be doing our Altitude Awards, hmm. which is for women, cinematographers, camera operators, and gaffers where we're going to be gifting, there you go. We're going to be gifting four lucky winners a whole bunch of stuff. So they're going to get, the first prize is $3,000 cash money, make it rain. Um, and the use of Zeiss lenses for a week, anywhere in the continental US. Um, 
Second prize is $1,000 cash money and two runners up at $500 cash. We're also going to get director's chairs from our friends at Filmcraft. And those folks are going to be invited to be on a panel with a lot of our um, our judges, many of whom are in the American Society of Cinematographers or their you know, executives at Paramount, big, no, big name um directors, all kinds of very cool people are involved in this initiative. So we highly recommend if you haven't applied yet, um, you have until um, May 15th to apply. If you're a member, you have to be a member of the organization. Okay. Uh, And definitely go to the website and do that pronto. Apply right away. Oh, yeah. We're in this window right here. Yeah. Yeah. Getting tight. So you need to apply right away and then join us at Cinegear. And actually, a lot of our um, a lot of our events are open to the public. Many of them we want to educate everybody. And we're very much of the mind that uh, we want our members and supporters to be the most hireable people on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're a women in media pro or um, student member in particular, you have an entree to so much education. We talk to people at volumetric stages, visual effects, where we have a lot of vendor partners who love that our members are very excited about the gear. Our members are very technical. Um, Some are less so, like producers, clearly. We don't expect producers to know everything about lenses. But we do like our members in general. Um, We want our members to understand certainly a lot of the basics of the technology and what's coming up. So um, so we give them the opportunity to upskill on the regular. We're friends with DaVinci Resolve. So when they have trainings, they let us know. We let our members know so they can learn more about workflow and post-production, all the things that make you a better filmmaker in general. Um, and that's just a, across the board. We, we have illumination training coming up, which is with um, Manhattan Beach Studios, you know, MBS stages, they own um, stages all over the world, like one million stages. They own uh, Pinewood, all the Pinewoods, which uh, they've changed names of what the Pinewoods are now, but they've got mm-hmm. the Pinewoods, they've got um, Television City, Manhattan Beach Stages, Raleigh, <clears throat> uh, CBS Radford. And uh, through a partnership with them, we've been doing hands-on training for women in the grip department, electrics department, and we have done one for carpentry and scenic art. And women have gotten hired from those jobs and moved up very, very quickly, including a a number of women have gotten to the union. They're like the grip union. We got a woman in the grip union. So (laughs) go figure. Yeah. So know. membership very- membership wise, what are what are the membership levels? And what if, if someone's listening to this, they want to get involved? Um, I'm assuming they go to the website and go to membership and perks, right? And then yeah. take me through take me through these areas that we're looking at. So um so we have are oh you're on the page? Great. Yep. So um there's pro membership, which is ninety bucks a year for the dues, and with that you get a crewless profile. Um, which is very powerful. You get to put all of your professional information on there. Um, You can put your IMDb, your resume, your website, a real SoundCloud if you're in uh, film composition or music or sound, um, any awards that you've won. And people do search our website and you can also have that URL um, in your signature so people can find all of your professional information 
on one one attractive page. They don't you don't have to send them all these like ugly links and they don't have to go hunting for you. It's all right there. Make it easy for people to hire you as easy as possible. And people want to vet you. Seven different ways till Sunday, especially if you're female. They're gonna wanna like really know that you've got your chops, you know, or that you're at the level that they are looking to hire. Cause sometimes they don't want someone who's you know, mid-career. They want to hire a PA or whatever the case may be. And we make it as easy as possible so people can't use the old garbage excuse that there are no women to hire. I don't know any women. You know, there are no women cinematographers. All this nonsense that we've heard for so long, which is absolutely untrue, and we prove them otherwise every time they go to our crew list. Um, So there's that. And then student membership is the same thing, but we do give a break to students because, hey, I went to graduate school. I know how expensive it is. I know how hard it is to get started out of the gate. So we do give um, a half price discount to our student members. And then we have we have friends of women in media, and those yeah. are people who are interested in the industry who um, who aren't necessarily in the industry sometimes, or maybe they don't have enough credits to get into um, pro or student membership. And by the way, in order to qualify, you have to have a cu- at least a couple of credits. We want to make sure that people aren't dilettantes or that they aren't... Um, say yoga instructors because that has happened where a yoga instructor they're like oh i made a video of myself and they think they can market themselves on our website and it's like nobody's looking i love yoga nobody's looking to hire yoga instructors from our website they want somebody who's actually interested in the departments so we just we don't want to take their money we don't want to waste their time or take their money so there's that and then we also have executive membership which is um for a slightly higher level, that's for people who aren't really looking to get hired. They're already sort of like they've got a gig. <laughs> they yeah, don't need yeah. they don't need a gig, but they do like to do some lateral networking. And we have some unlisted events for them very often that are strictly for people working at a much higher level. They are fully committed to hiring women and bringing them up. Um, and you know, and also they're looking for lateral networking and have a very clearly defined passion for um, for inclusion and parity in the industry. So they're and they're a very special group of people. They're very um, there's some sharp folks, very sharp cookies in that group. So if you're at that level, uh, you you're welcome to let me know. You could just apply straight off the bat it's pretty cool we have a lot of executives at um at different studios as well as people working at a higher level and like academy members that kind of thing so they're people who have really quite made it i love it i love it really cool great it's great what you're doing and thank you for for coming on the show and talking about all this stuff and putting up with my hard questions i know i put you on the spot i put the spotlight on you like he's making me talk about this stuff but, hey, you know, it's fine. Are you good. kidding? That's my job usually. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, uh, Tima, thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time today. Um, and then one last time, give folks that are watching, where should they go? Women in media, right? Tell us tell us the direct sure. place to go to get involved. So you can go to womennmedia.com. So W-O-M-E-N, the letter N, media, M-E-D-I-A, Dot com. You can find us on Instagram. That's Women in Media Inc. And on Twitter at Women in Media. And you can follow me personally. I'm Tema Steg. I'm on Instagram. And on Twitter, I'm TL Steg. 
So thank you. Excellent. This has been Excellent. very fun. All right. This has been perfect. Thank you, Tim. We will uh, we'll be in touch. We'll have to do a, another Connect uh, discussion after I feel like I'm more engaged in this space because I feel like I've learned so much, you know, and I threw some hard questions at you and now some synapses have started firing. I feel like we need to do this again to have a deeper level conversation. Maybe pick one of the tangents that we, we kind of glossed over and dive deep into it and have that conversation. But Thank you. I'd great. love to come back and I'm going to introduce you to a whole bunch of other women. I know so many ladies um, who would be terrific on your show. Who will, That would be great. Who I think you'll really enjoy. Please do. Please do. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. Like I said, I'm trying to I'm trying to balance my waters over here, too. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would appreciate the assist. And, and actually make a really good point in that that's been a big problem is that people's social circles have mm -hmm. have been a, more like a social puddle as opposed yeah. to a sh social pool. So a big goal of ours, which is what we do with Hire These Women and the Hire These Women initiative is that we try to broaden people's social circles so that they do start finding people um, who they can hire uh, in a broader way. And that's another story. That'll be another tangent for another day, why that came about. So oh, we're going to we're going to be talking a lot. So well, get, get used to let me put you on the screen. Get used to this face because we're going to have this face. <laughs> we'll have this face on the show a lot. All right, Tim, thank you so much. And you enjoy thank the rest you. of your week. I appreciate your time. Pleasure. This is Twitter.